And hi, everybody. Welcome to Sister to Sister. I'm Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network. And every week we have a conversation on Sister to Sister with one of my amazing sisters of color and uh, talking about racism and how it shows up in everyday life and uh, what it's like to live as a person of color. So I'm really excited to have with me today, uh, Caddy Tombiano. And Caddy has a very uh, interesting background and I'm in, I can't wait for you to hear it. But first of all, she's a nurse and, and we all are so, you know, I think during this uh, last year, people have really come to understand what you do for people, Caddy. So firstly, let me say thank you for everything you do. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. And putting yourself out there on the front line every single day and, mm -hmm. you know, and you have been a nurse leader for over 20 years, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, especially now, we can certainly understand mm -hmm. why so many nurses experience burnout and stress, mm -hmm. but it's been going on for a very long time and you've been seeing it firsthand. Yes. And you want to change that for them, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, for us to become more productive, just not with our own family, but also, you know, the profession itself. You know, we're out there taking care of lives and we're, we want to make a big difference. So burnout is not a good thing. You know, when you burn out, you're not going to be effective. By the bedside, you might mistreat your patients and that's not acceptable. You yeah. Know? And so at this point, I believe that nurses should nurse themselves. So that's where I come in. <laughs> awesome. And, and in that, you're the CEO of Faith Heart Works, and you are really a mindset coach for nurses, men and women, right? Because we, you know, you always think of nurses as being female, but it's men and women. And um, you make a big difference for people to achieve the results in managing that stress and burnout. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, you speak on uh, topics of finding your voice and time management and self-awareness, and you're a real vi visionary for the future. So thank you for everything you're doing in the oh, world. Welcome there. Yeah, welcome. nurses need you more than ever. Yeah. Nurses need you more than ever. And, you know, you have, uh, when we were talking about your background, it was really interesting that you were born here in the U.S., but when you were seven years old, you moved to Sierra Leone. Yes, yes. And talk to me a little bit about your experience there and <laughs> what that was like living in Sierra Leone. Yeah, so when I was young, I always I was always excited. You know, my parents said, oh, we're from Africa. And I was like, Africa, you know? Um, was always imagined, you know, the great things and just looking forward to go there. So my dad finished his doctorate degree here in George Washington University. My mom was totally homesick. She wanted to, she hated being here in Maryland in, in the DC area because of the cold. Um, she was asthmatic. She was having all these things. She just wanted to go home. So they bundled myself and two of my siblings um, at that time, my mom only had three of us at that time, and we went to Sierra Leone. So I went there, and, and the funny thing, let, and let me say, when I went there, it was like, okay, now I see all these Black people, right? Because I was living right here in D.C., and, you know, the school that I went to, Washington, D.C., you know, elementary school, it was pre predominantly white, right? Myself, 
you know, and now here I am, because my mom was the type of person, she really did not take us out, take us out but we're always home. So when I went to Sierra Leone, now here I was, I was like, oh my God, all these black people. And one day I asked my, my parents, I said, um, is there a black God? <laughs> It's a black Jesus, yes, <laughs> there is. And everybody bust out laughing, you know, because now it was different. So here I was, you know, at that time, the accent, you know, being, you know, just coming from here, um, you know, I sounded different. Yeah. I, um, they used to refer to me like, oh, the foreigner at that time. <laughs> oh, here comes the foreigner. But I adapted and went to elementary school, continued my elementary school and high school. And from high school, I came back to the United States. And I was hungry to come back now. I was tired of sick. I said, I need to come back to my country where I was born. I need yeah. to come to Washington, D.C. So I came back when I was about 21, 22. Yeah, and uh, that's when you got your education. You became a nurse, right? Was was then? Yeah, yeah. I'm a nurse. I didn't really want to become a nurse, you know, because I had an experience. I had my favorite aunt, which was which was my mom's older sister, and I learned in 1982. At a time, she died on duty. She suffered a brain aneurysm. So I never really wanted to become a nurse because I felt I said, "Oh my God, the job killed her." Right. Because she she died. She was a nurse leader herself, but because of stress, family life, and her own life, she suffered an aneurysm. So I never, I ran away from the career for a long time, but it seemed like God was just pushing me to go back in there. So eventually I gave up. <laughs> well, I gave in and gave in, and that's what you're doing now. So, and you're yes, making a difference. You know, I think that you were put here for some purpose, and that purpose was to make a difference for those women and those men and they're on the front line and they needed you. So here you are. And when we first, when we were talking um, about being on the show and I was saying, you know, the whole purpose of the show is so that we can share experiences. Mm -hmm. So, because like I say, you know, people can argue or they do argue whether white uh, privilege exists or whether discrimination exists or whether systemic racism exists, all these Mm -hmm. concepts Mm-hmm. can be debated, but right. you cannot debate with someone's experience. And when you and I first were talking, you were saying, you know, I don't know if I've really experienced any discrimination or uh, because of the color of my skin. And then some stuff started coming up for you, Absolutely. right? Yes, yes, yes. Because like I said, I remember you were mentioning that and you were saying, you're gonna, you know, you started the sister, sister thing, talking about racism. And I was like, okay, I don't think I'll be part of that. I never thought about anything. And when you called me and all of a sudden something said, yes, you have. <laughs> okay, you want me to remind you again? And I always say maybe it's the Holy Spirit then. And then everything stopped popping. So I didn't really experience any like type of racism in my own personal life because where I live, I live in, in Maryland, Prince George's County. And this area is predominantly African-Americans, Black that live in this area. So I really, and I felt safe. I hear about it. I hear other people going through the experiences, experiences, but personally, I never experienced myself, but I can say in my profession, I did witness that. Yeah. And we talked about that. You were saying how the higher up you move in the hierarchy of your profession, 
-hmm. the more narrow it became in terms of race. I found that to be true in my profession as well. Yes, 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 yes. Um, You know, I pretty much, when I graduated, you know, I just pretty much become a medical surgical nurse. They call it med surge nurse and more oncology. Um, And they have this, you know, when you grow higher and higher, they have what they call intensive care nurse, the ICU nurse. And at some point I was thinking about it, but then I would hear my colleagues like, oh my God, they're not gonna accept you there. Um, and I was like, why not? I said, well, a lot of people try to go in that department. We, the African-Americans black, and they don't really accept us. And even when we get there, they, they you know, based on our, you know, they feel like we're not competent enough that's what they would say, because I was never an IC nurse. Because of hearing those stories, I never really tried to apply to be in those areas. And when you get there, they will frustrate you out. You know, um, they will accept you, but they will find every reason to just, you know, they will smile at you, make it seem like it's okay. And these are people that you expect you trusted them. And then it would get to that point, the frustration will come in, like the eyes, your eyes need to be dotted. Your T needs to be crossed. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay because now we're dealing with lives, but the support then goes down. Yeah. You know, now they're looking, they're setting you up for failure. And I'm like, no, I don't think I want to be part of that. And it was yeah. all based on the color of their skin. And most nurses that I know who were African Americans eventually have to resign and go somewhere else. Yeah, when they move up to that position, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I remember you saying to me, you know, and I hear this all the time. I don't, I have to work so much harder because of the color of my skin. And that's really where white privilege comes in. Mm -hmm. Nobody's saying you don't work hard if you're a white person. Right. Or not of color. It just means that you don't have the additional Exactly. stress and and you do you have to you know even when you have accomplished mm-hmm. you have to continuously prove yourself i feel the same way as a woman mm-hmm. and add on at woman plus color mm-hmm. it's that much more challenging yeah. so yeah so you've seen it in your profession yes yes sure yes yes and i also had an experience um, that was about 19 years ago. <laughs> when no, your son was born, right? Yeah, my son was born. Um, I, I decided to be, because I did mostly my clinical nurses as uh, a travel nurse. So at some point I had an assignment and I traveled to one, one of the facility not too far from me. So when I got there, yes, I noticed when I went in there, I was pretty much the only um, black nurse that came on as an agency nurse. I mean, I went through the report, I went through the medication narcotics count, and I was just about to start my assignment when I got an attention of one of the managers that came up and say, and she asked me, um, are you Kadijatu Karoma? I said, yes, I am. I would like to speak to you. And I was like, okay. So she took me to this room and she sat down. She said, well, um, I feel like, you know, I just got a report um, from the nurses, your colleagues. Um, They feel like you're not capable or something's going on with you. Um, You have to give me your keys back and go home. 
And I'm like, what? I would then, and I couldn't believe what was, uh, what was unfolding at that moment. I was like, go on, why? What did I do wrong? Um, they're not comfortable for you being, working with them. I'm like, I'm still trying to understand what she's saying. Like, did I do something wrong? And, and well, would you like to take a drug test? What? And I'm like, drug test? Yes, they think maybe, you know, you might be under the influence. Um, so if you like to take drug test. At this time, I was like, this is really happening now. So I went ahead and just gave her keys and I went downstairs, they took me down and did a drug test. And you know the result, it came negative, but it was, a I felt so angry, so bad, I don't know what to do. And I couldn't even say, okay, I'm gonna sue somebody because I was working from, I'm an outsider, I'm not the facility. So that was like one of the worst things that ever happened to me. <laughs> And this was this was a new group of, of other people that you were working with. Yeah, so they yeah. really didn't as know you. Nurse, yeah, as an agency nurse, they can send you anywhere. They can yeah. say, oh, they have an opening somewhere. Do you like to go work the morning shift on the eight hour shift? Yes. So this was a whole different setting I was not familiar with. Were you the but only I about it? You know, were you I, the only one of color in the group? Yes, at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I made excuses. I said maybe they misidentified me with somebody else. But when I look back, that's what it was. You know, there wasn't, maybe my name was different. There wasn't expecting me, but I mean, it was just terrible. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can't imagine that that didn't hurt. And thank you for sharing that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I just prayed to God to heal my heart. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, no, I can't, you know, and it's just a story now, so. Well, and it just comes from ignorance and stereotypes. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I was watching um, Emmanuel Acho does a show on YouTube called uh, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Yeah. And um, he recently hosted the final episode of The Bachelor, which I don't normally watch, but I watched it because he was hosting it and there had been a racial controversy. Did you hear about it? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. there was a racial controversy that happened after they wrapped filming and all that stuff. So he had to address it. And uh, he said, you know, these things that happen, you know, when people do what they do, what, when those other nurses did what they did, mm -hmm. it, it plays out as ignorance, but Absolutely. ignorance plays out as racism. It, mm -hmm. it plays out as insensitivity, racial insensitivity, but mm -hmm. it plays it plays out as racism. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are racist. No, it doesn't. No, but it plays out that way. Mm -hmm. But it's they were socialized white. They mm -hmm. were socialized to see a threat. Um, I was speaking to uh, one of my sisters on the show the other day, mm -hmm. and she's a white woman married to a black man. And um, she was saying that even she, after all these years, married 39 years to this man mm -hmm. and having experience, she said, even she feels those, those things that we feel, you know, should I cross the street? There's a black man behind me. 
right? Yeah. And she's enlightened and knows and lives it. So it's really uh, uh, ingrained. It's ingrained that we can't even see it. So us having this conversation right. helps us to see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Helps and us to see it. To see it. And, you know, I think yeah, the mentality should change, actually, you know, because, I mean, it does a lot. The morale, self-esteem, it does a lot to a person because we all want, we all want flesh. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I'm, at the, I'm at the bedside. We've gone back to when you're done, when life ends, right. what's left? It's just that body, right. you know? And I see that and we see that over and over again, especially during this pandemic time. You know, I, I mean, I dealt with a lot of dead bodies. Just, I'm like, oh my God, it's gone. And here you are, you saw them when they were young, they were professors, they were, you know, they had all the careers in life, but at the end of the day, we all won. We go back to dust. Exactly, all of us. And all we all bleed red. I mean, I know we all want to be different, but we should all be able to be willing to accept one another and love one another as sisters and brothers. Yes. Amen to that, my friend. Thank you so much. Really. Welcome. Thank you for opening your heart and for going back to revisit those things that, you know, weren't that you had put away. Yes. Uh, I don't take lightly your willingness to do that. And I so appreciate you. And I appreciate everyone who's watching. And I ask you to please share this, share this video. The, the more that we can have conversation about what racism looks like, even though you are not racist, what it looks like, and we can learn from it, the more we can be the change that we wanna be in the world, so. Yeah, and I wanted just to say this opportunity before we close, just to say thank you so much for what you sisters do with Women's Prosperity, um, just putting us under your, your wings and lifting us up. We just love you. I love you guys so much. So thank you so much. And I, it's an honor just to be on the show today with you. Oh, gosh, thank you. It's my honor and my purpose Okay, to uh, uplift and do the best that I can for other women. Caddy Tambiano, thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for watching. I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Sister to Sister. Take care, everybody, and thank you for sharing, and thank you for keeping the conversation going. You're welcome. Thank you.